0: Show you the world. Just take a look through my You gotta a little Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Manchester by the Sea in today's Review Episode. And Man, Uh, it's been a few days since I saw it, and generally the most telling sign about how good a movie is, and how uh, impactful and important that a movie is. is whether or not it lingers and sticks with you. And I saw this film uh, six days ago now when I'm recording this. And it has definitely not left my mind. You know, it's not completely gone it's not you know like so many other movies i've seen this year it's it's still lingering there but it fell off out of the forefront pretty pretty quickly which surprised me because when i watched it you know i had a very emotional and and uh, tearful reaction to much of it uh, you know i can attest Casey Affleck gives the performance of his career and you know, just giving a quick once over of some of the films that I, other films I've seen this year is definitely what I would give, uh, best male actor in a lead role to. I think he does an incredible job. He has chemistry with everybody on screen, uh, even if that chemistry is negative chemistry, but intentionally negative chemistry for for the film's sake, he definitely does a great job of just conveying real raw emotion, but coming from a character that's very closed off, very mm, shut out from, from the world. And on top of that, the way the story is told... I found it to be brilliant and, and really high quality filmmaking. It's, it's given to you in, in pieces. You don't have, you're not playing with a full deck from the beginning. You, you earn your way into understanding and having a better conceptual idea of exactly what these characters are going through. And I, I find that, I found it to be very, very moving. Uh, so, so much so that uh, initially, when this film was rated and placed into the echelon of 2016 releases, it debuted at 6th overall. So I gave it a 93, which puts it on par with Don't Think Twice. Uh, but don't think twice uh, edged it out by a couple of tomato meter points. Uh, since then, however, it has actually fallen to seventh because the movie I'm going to be reviewing next uh, beat it out and, and, and appears higher up on the list. And so it is actually slid down a spot. It, it's still my top 10. I think you know there's a very, very good chance it's it's still there at the end of the year. Um, you know, there's, you know, Zootopia and 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I saw nine months ago back in March, are still in the top 10 now, uh, sitting at 3rd and ninth, respectively. And then you've got Sing Street, uh, at the bottom in 10th place, uh, which I saw in July. And then everything else has been September or later. Um... So, you know, Manchester by the Sea has made made a big impact on me. Uh, you know, the general plot and I don't think this is too spoilery to to go into, but the general plot is that Casey Affleck's character is uh told that his his brother has passed away. So, he he goes back home to to Boston and or is it Boston? Uh, It's like a subset of Boston. Shoot, I'm not going to be able to find that very easily, am I? Um, I mean, I guess it's in Manchester. Technically. It's probably close to Boston. Regardless. So he goes back to to where he grew up and uh, just has to you know, you get the sense that he's the last, he's kind of the head of the family at this point, and so it's up to him to settle accounts, and arrange for the services, and take care of what needs to be taken care of, and he gets, ba- gets there, and you see uh, his his brother's son, played by, played wonderfully by by Lucas Hedges, uh, you know, really a very standout performance, he, he, he nearly steals the film out from underneath uh, Casey Affleck, but it just misses it just barely. Uh, I think the uh, Lucas Hedges character is a little too sex-focused in the movie. Um, not not that that's necessarily not that there's anything wrong with that as for his character necessarily, but that giving him such a direct and straightforward note to play on for the entire runtime uh, diminishes the performance just a bit, and and really plays well with with Affleck's character as well, too. And so, you know, he goes back home, and you know he's looking after this his nephew, his, the, this his deceased brother's son, and so that's kind of the guiding direction. That's the fuel. That's the catalyst. That's what gets the ball rolling. And throughout the course of the movie, you find out why he's secluded himself to this handyman job so far away from where he's from. You find out what happened. You know, he used to be married. You find out uh, about his family. You find about his relationship that he's had with his nephew, with his brother, with other people from the town. And each layer, each new additional wrinkle in in the narrative is presented realistically, is presented uh, organically. You know, the whole time watching this, I never felt like it was a movie. I felt like I was watching life happening in front of me. And I really felt it's, it's, it's it's very affecting in that sense. You know, the, one of, perhaps, you know, one of my favorite parts of it was just some of the dialogue and some of the way some of the lines are constructed and how they play off of each other is really, really fun. You know, just, um, you know, I, I can't think of any that aren't Kind of spoilers, so I, I won't say them. But I, I do feel as though there's quite a good, quite quite an extensive catalog of of solid quotes that that you could pull out of this movie and just apply to everyday life, really. And uh, so, you know, um, Kenneth Lonergan wrote the script and directed the film. He is. Not a not a super prolific director by any st- st- stretch, uh, but he's made two films besides Manchester by the Sea since two thousand. Uh, back in two thousand, he had You Can Count on Me, which I love. I think it's great, and uh, one of one of the few and, and very few pre. Avengers Mark Ruffalo performances that I actually appreciate and enjoy. Uh, Because outside of the Avengers, I'm really not a big Mark Ruffalo fan. Uh, But this one really, really, really stuck with me. And then the next film he made was 2011's Margaret, starring Anna Paquin. Which I don't like so much as I think it's really good. It's my biggest problem with Margaret was just it's really long. It's like two and a half hours long. And the plot is very thin by comparison. Uh but so you know I don't I don't think Lonergan's made a bad film yet. And uh you know that's why on the spreadsheet he's sitting at a cool 36 that's, that's right, 36, uh, which could improve if he gets a Best Director nomination, as I think he might, if he gets, uh, um, you know, he's, as far as writing goes, he's 28th, he has another writing credit for Gangs of New York, and so, you know, he could also move up there as well, with a nomination slash win for the script. Uh, And you know, considering how big of an awards player *Manchester by the Sea* is right now, you know the Golden Globes nomination has just got announced, and he shows up there. You know, there's definitely a high likelihood that his his name gets mentioned once or twice at uh, the Academy Awards ceremony in February. Uh, So yeah, I gave it a ninety-three. I love this, I loved this film, it brought me to tears, I, and, by the way, I, I got to the movie, to the theater, on, at, exactly at the time the show started, and, I entered the theater, there were like, five seats left, they were all in the front, and they were all off to the side, I ended up sitting in the far front, to the far right side of the theater, pretty much the worst seat possible, you know, I probably would have, you know, it would have been better to, like, stand in the back, honestly, but, uh, you know, I didn't hurt, you know, I never really sat in a seat like that before, and my neck was fine, it wasn't as awful as I expected it to be, but even in that awful position. You know, this isn't the kind of movie where that's incredibly relevant. You know, it's not a big action bombastic movie. It's a very small contained story. And so it's a, I mean, it's a movie, you're there to watch it, but the, the the rest of it is, is much more impactful than it would have been in a different type of movie. Like if this was Doctor Strange. This probably would have affected my experience. Significantly. But because it's Manchester by the Sea. I don't think it. Hurt it too much. And even still. You know there is one scene. And I'll mention it in spoilers. Where I was watching the movie. It's It's a flashback. And. Oh it just. It killed me. It slayed me. Um, It was probably the most affected I'd been watching a movie since Inside Out. And Inside Out, it hit me from pretty much 90% of the movie. I was choked up or crying during that movie. And Manchester City hits you in certain moments. There's so much uh, levity in this movie which is shocking, it's, it's very, very funny, and it helps to kind of laugh away the incredibly emotional parts of it, and it's a, it's a tough one, it really is, you know, anyone who's dealt with loss, you know, I have, you know, it's, it's, it speaks to you on that level definitely but it's um it's it's still it's very conscientious of what it's doing of what it's saying and uh that's that's all i can say that's that's about all i can say for as far as spoiler free reviewing this movie goes I I highly recommend going to see it. It is one of the best movies from this year. And, you know, Casey Affleck's performance is incredible. Just, it's it's fantastic. And the whole cast is really great. You know, I haven't touched on a lot of the other casts because I don't want to move into any spoiler type of things. But Casey Affleck, Lucas Hedges, they're great. They're great, they're great, they're great. So, that's Manchester by the Sea, and now, let's move into spoilers. So, the scene that I mentioned that hurt me is probably, if you've seen the movie, which presumably you have if you're still listening, was you know the 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 burned house, the house burning down. Affleck leaves the house, goes to the like convenience store. On his way back, house is in flames, fire trucks, police. Uh, Michelle Williams, who plays his ex-wife slash wife, depending on the timeline, uh, is screaming, trying to get back into the house. No one's gonna let her. That it's engulfed in flames, and all three of his kids died in the house. And uh, that's already a hugely painful scene. You know, Affleck's face watching the fire, um, you know, is is painful. But the really affecting scene is right after that. You, he sits. He, he's, he's in a precinct. The cops are asking him what happened, and he, you know, he goes through the story. You know, he he put a couple logs on the fire. He stokes the fire. He wanted to warm the house up, and he 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 left. You know, he was drunk, so he didn't drive. He walked to the convenience store. It took him. I think he says 20 minutes each way and he's you know he said he says that you know as he was le you know halfway there he wondered if he'd put the screen in front of the fireplace but he didn't go back to check and uh, man he gives this monologue and you know I had tears rolling down my face I you know, I wept for him. Uh, and this is this is that this is just the kind of movie. It it's you. Part part of why it doesn't have like a hundred or ninety nine or ninety eight or anything higher than a ninety three. There's two reasons, and the first is it does tug at your heartstrings pretty directly. You know for all the levity, for all the breaks in hard-hitting emotional content, when those moments do happen, it, it there's it's hard to have those kinds of emotions and those scenes without it feeling like you're being played for a sap, in a way. And, you know, the film... Uh, I think the, ter- the term that a lot of people use for that is manipulative. And I don't think that the film is manipulative. But I think that it's being... It's, it's presenting itself... In the... Most... Uh, conveniently sad... Angle. Um, which, you know, in a lot of movies it's manip- a lot of movies are manipulative because they set you up for sadness and I don't this movie doesn't do that it just has sadness in its story except when those moments come they're highlighted if that if that makes any sense uh at all and uh, this this scene oh. You know, he's in the precinct. He feels absolutely awful. You know, he goes through his story. He's got his dad and his brother waiting for him. And they please tell him, you can go. They let him go. You know, he made a mistake. And that happens. But, you know, whether or not it's his fault, he's not, like, guilty of anything. He's not under arrest. And, you know, he's a little shocked by that. You know, he it, you get you definitely get the sense that he thinks he's to blame and that he wants some sort of punishment some sort of reaction to it and so but he he leaves the room and you know his his family like gives him a hug and they all start to leave and this cop passes by in front of him and in an instant Affleck has grabs the guy's gun, has it to his head, he's trying to shoot himself and he, he just Oh man It's tough because you when when something awful happens and you feel responsible for it but you know, you didn't mean to do what happened and everyone knows you didn't mean to do what happened it becomes really difficult to to live with that knowledge because you blame yourself you can't help but feel so responsible and you want you just want someone to blame you for it you want someone else to f- feel like it was your fault and you want the punishment you want the penance to pay And when no one recognizes that and gives you that satisfaction, oftentimes you take it out on yourself. You know, I'm guilty of that. And in the movie, you know, no one's telling him or we don't see anyone, you know, blaming him for the fire, you know. You know, it was just an accident, but then you find out, uh, toward the end of the film, there's this meeting between Affleck and Michelle Williams where she confesses, you know, she says, ah, I said some really fucking shitty things to you and, uh, you didn't deserve that. And, you know, something to that effect, which is powerful and fills in some of the gaps you know like he wanted to blame himself and she did blame him clearly that's what she meant you know she definitely blamed him that's why they broke up that's why they're not married anymore and you know i'm sure every time she looked at him she saw her their daughters she saw them and saw him and and what he had done and that's how she viewed it and it's interesting because he got that, you know, that's what he wanted, right, you know, he wanted to shoot himself because he thought he needed to pay some sort of penance, he expected to be arrested, he expected all these things, and then he finally sees her, and she dumps it all on him, and then it's too much, it's overwhelming, he can't handle it, and so he leaves this town, and now that he's back, you get all these little moments from other people like, oh, I don't you know, like, I don't want to ever see him in here again one of the people working at this dock says uh, you know, and you, know, you hear, Lucas Hedges is on, is, uh, is on a hockey team you hear some of the other kids, like, talking about him Casey Affleck, talking about Casey Affleck, I mean and, like, whispering about what happened to him and, you know this is all before you even know, as a viewer what happened, and it's It's crazy. Like, what could he have possibly done that was so bad? And then you see it, and he didn't mean to do anything. It is completely by chance. You know, yeah, he was put into these pretty shitty circumstances, which were results of his decisions. He chose to drink. He chose to go to the liquor or the convenience store. He didn't go back to check for the screen. He didn't put the screen up in the first place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, these are all just mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We've all wondered if we still have left the stove on, if we left this on or that on or this on or that on. And you can only, you know, I'm sure nobody goes back and checks every single time if you check at all. You know, I've you know, i left my phone charger at work for the last three nights. That I've worked. And I keep telling myself. You got to bring your phone charger home. And I don't. And I forget. And while that is in no way comparable. To what happens in the movie. You know. It's just like an example of like. Yeah. I. I go to work. I'm like. Hey. I have my charger here. I got to remember to bring it home. And then I leave work. And I don't have it with me. So. You know it could be something as innocuous as that that ultimately leads to something, you know, like what if somebody trips over it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rube Goldberg your way into a scenario where it causes someone pain or death, you know? And so the... The monologue at the police station was the first scene that really hit me. And then the Michelle Williams confrontation at the end. Oh, that was really painful to watch too. It was just... The characters in this movie are really strong. Although there is somewhat of a Anti-female bend, um, you know. As great as I think Michelle Williams is, I don't think. I think a lot of that, that, more and more of that, is is from her and her performance than it is from the writing for her character. And it's been way too long for me to remember how any of the characters in *Margaret* or *You Can Count on Me* were written. Uh, so I don't know if this is a pattern of Lonergans, but there is definitely a sense that. Just the way some of the lines are written, the way some of the characters act, indicate that women don't have as much of an importance in this film as men do. Uh, like I mentioned before, you know, Lucas Hedges' character has like two girlfriends in the movie, spends a vast majority of the movie trying to have sex. There are hints and clues that, uh, Michelle Williams is also to blame for the fire that, you know, I've kind of glossed over because I try to ignore them and, and, and makes the movie seem better in, in hindsight. Uh, but, that, but that's the second of the two reasons that uh, this movie kind of drops a couple of points for me is that, you know, it does kind of give, it makes women out to be the bad guy all, more often than not which I don't it didn't need to like that doesn't aid the story it's it's very irrelevant Um, you know particularly when you're looking at a character like like Gretchen Maul's character who plays uh, Lucas Hedges mom and is one of the people considered uh, to be his guardian now that his father has passed, you know he, his father, and Gretchen Mol's character have, have split up. She's found a new boyfriend, played by of all people Matthew Broderick, which was kind of crazy to see him just pop up out of nowhere. And, you know, she's very one-dimensional. You know, they don't the, the script doesn't give her a lot to work with, and she's not as good of an actress as Michelle Williams is to really enhance the role in any meaningful way, unfortunately. So that's my other gripe besides the very uh, sexually focused and I guess that kind of ties into the sexually focused Lucas Hedges character but that's kind of where I'm at and what kind of helped me pinpoint the rating to where it ended up. Um Yeah, it's uh look, it's still a great movie. I fully expect it to go on to get all these nominations, all these awards. It deserves most of them. You know, it's not making it's not winning my best picture award. It's you know, if any you know, what I'm looking at the only award right now that I'd be giving it would be like most emotional, because it is very emotional, and uh, the the movie though that I, I wanted to compare it to is The Edge of Seventeen, because you know another good movie from this year, but The Edge of Seventeen is another film that deals primarily with grief, and while Manchester by the Sea is a much more uh, horrific and traumatic experience that these characters have gone through. The Edge of Seventeen takes place uh, many, many years after the awful thing that has happened. And, you know, it takes kind of a longer-term look at this grief, and Manchester by the Sea takes a very... Immediate look at one at one event that is compounded by a past infraction, and so you've got you know you've got uh Haley Steinfeld's character and Casey Affleck's character who are both both doing a great job giving great performances and really completely selling us. On just how affected they were by this these tragedies and you know that's the thing you know grief is not the same for everybody and like viewing these two movies side by side you really get to see just how many sides to this emotion you can find it's it's not simply something bad happens and then you cry and then it's better it's, it's not, that's not how it works. You know, sometimes something bad happens and it doesn't affect you for a long time, for years. And sometimes you spend years being affected by it or any other permutation therein. It's really impossible to predict how it's going to affect any one person. And it it shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be straightforward because it is such a complex feeling. It's such a tough emotion to pin down and really categorize in a specific and detailed way. You know, because, you know, I've dealt with loss, I've had grief, and my grief has been very different from the grief that's felt by Haley Haley Steinfeld or Casey Affleck's characters. It's not similar to either of them. And that's why why I don't think that merely uh, experiencing grief is a connective tissue to a film that deals with grief. You can't just say that a movie where someone dies will connect to anyone who's had a significant family member die in their lifetime. It's it's so much more nuanced than that. It's so much more complicated. It's so much more layered and folded over and back and forth and on top and underneath of itself. And I appreciate the fact that and kind of the distinction that I want to make between the edge of 17 and Manchester by the sea is that I think the edge of 17 gears you more toward the idea that a lot of people would react in a Haley Steinfeld's way. And it kind of gives, gives you the sense that the people who aren't recognizing her grief are not respecting that a lot of people feel the way she does when something bad happens and in Manchester by the sea I don't you don't get that sense from like the supporting cast from the outliers to the main narrative you know you've got a range of people who think that like it, some people who like oh that didn't even happen some people who feel really awful about it some people who you know don't feel anything some people you know it's just it's it's a huge variance of reactions and I think that that pays a much greater respect to the material to the story to people who have felt grief in general and is probably the biggest reason why Manchester by the sea is significantly higher up on the list than the edge of 17 is. Um yeah, uh, so lastly, um, you know, that's pretty much it for the spoiler review. I think, you know, there's not going to be a statistics review at, uh, st- sti- uh, there's not going to be a statistics episode for Manchester by the Sea, but I did want to end the episode to touch on the Oscar potential for the film. And, you know, this is one of the... heralded is one of the best films of the year. You know, it's in kind of that same position that Moonlight is. So, you know, you're looking at picture, director, writing... uh, You know, Affleck for director. Probably Michelle Williams for supporting. Maybe Lucas Hedges for supporting. I don't know. That's going to be a close one to call. And then... uh, as far as anything, every below the line category, I'm not sure it fits into any of them. You know, nothing jumps out to me as an obvious one, but it might get one or two places here: film editing, perhaps, uh, production, cinematography. You know, but I, I think those are much more on the outskirts, and definitely not ones that I would expect it to win. Uh, but actually, speaking of editing, one of the main problems that I found a lot of, that it seems like a lot of people have is with the way that flashbacks are edited into the movie. And so you'll end up with a scene where uh, Affleck is just staring out the window, and you'll cut to flashback of something. Cut back to him staring at the window, back to the flashback, back to him at the window, back to the flashback, back to him at the window, back to the flashback. And a lot of people find that found that to be really choppy, thought it was like poorly edited and you know really jumped around a lot and wasn't cohesive and kind of threw you out of the story. And I thought it was fantastic. I really loved that aspect of the movie. It felt genuine, it felt natural, you know. I don't pick up an apple and remember something that happened to me about an apple necessarily, you know, I could just be staring at the ceiling and remember something that happened to me that involved an apple you know, there's definitely I mean, not to say that there aren't things that trigger memories like that, because there are but that's not always the case for sure and it's nice to see, because like sometimes that happens in the film, but oftentimes flashbacks are kind of used to explain why something's happening in the present rather than to just build upon the story and I I really appreciated the film in that respect you know which is building on the story and ultimately it does reveal a lot of information that helps you better understand the present and that's entirely significant so yeah, so that's where I'm going to leave you guys uh, for Manchester by the Sea Um, like I said uh, tomorrow I'll be doing another film review for a film that has just taken over the top spot on my yearly rankings Uh, so really really excited to get into that movie and uh until then, you can find me online at circlefilm.com, Email me at circleoffilm@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined and are one of those people that likes to review or like podcasts in any capacity, you can do so at iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or probably whatever you're listening to this on and uh, yeah i think i think that's going to do it so thank you again and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same